0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. David Walker. We're continuing our short series where we look at the various options the Atlanta Falcons have with their number four pick in the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft, which is right around the corner. Joining me on this journey to talk about the options the Falcons have is my co-host from the post-game podcast during the season, the one and only Evan Birchfield. Evan, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, DW. Looking forward to
0: it. Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, – this number four pick, and it, I guess you could say using it or not using it. Uh, we're going to talk about the option of trading it away. Um, and obviously, you know, during the Thomas Dimitrov era, uh, we were used to uh, the first round being a time where he would trade up. He did it several times uh, in his time as the GM of the Falcons. Obviously, with Terry Fontenot, uh, we are in a new era, things could be different. Um, and believe it or not, uh, you do as a team have the ability to trade back as well. Uh, I know Falcons fans haven't experienced that in the first round for a very long time. Um, so I want to talk about these two options Evan because I, I feel like you know last time we talked about you know drafting a quarterback, the, the pros and the cons and uh, you know Matt Ryan's age, et cetera. Um, I, th- I think you know in this scenario, um, and I want to talk about maybe the more controversial of these two options first. And that's trading up. Um, obviously, the Falcons are at number four. There's only so many spots to go. Now, uh, you know we have three teams in front of us. We've got Jacksonville at number one. Uh, you've got the Jets at number two, and you have Miami at number three. Um, so, you know, let's start with the idea of trading up. Uh, obviously, I don't think it makes sense to trade up with Miami. Like, why are you moving up one spot? Uh, unless you're trying to, you know, jump in front of a potential trade that you think is going to happen, um, it, it, in my mind, the, if the Falcons were going to trade up, it's either going to be to number two or number one. And if you're going up to number one, uh, I, I almost think that there's only one player that you're you're basically making that big of a move for, and that's got to be the number one player in this draft class, Trevor Lawrence. You're, you're you want the best quarterback in this draft class. So I want to get your thoughts, you know, on just the idea of trading up when you're at number four to begin with. What do you think about it? You think it would be way too aggressive a move for uh, Terry Fontenot and his first uh, his first move in the in the draft as a general manager?
1: It would be a lot of pressure. I mean, this is his first time, as you mentioned, as a general manager, and to make a move up to one, um, even though four isn't like a insane, you know, drop for what what, where the Jaguars would go if they did, you know, make a move with Atlanta, but that still would be like such a highly coveted pick that the Falcons would be giving up a ton of future picks. Um, first rounders. Yeah. Um, because you know, Trevor Lawrence, uh, there's probably like a couple people you'll see on Twitter and stuff who have like, like Wilson ahead of Lawrence and stuff. Um, but Lawrence is (laughs) the guy in this draft. Um, at the quarterback position specifically, um, a lot of, you know, experts, uh, see him as a guy who can be the next, you know, Matt Ryan, as we're familiar with, like the quarterback, not, I'm not saying they're the same quarterback. I'm saying the guy you can have for over a decade who has your team, you know, in position to win football games. Um, he's the franchise quarterback that all teams dream of having (laughs) and a lot of teams fail at getting, um, so if the Falcons didn't make a move, it would have to be the one to get Lawrence. If not, there's no reason to, unless they feel like uh, Wilson or Fields or whoever's going to go. And that's, you know, that's their guy. Like, they prefer him. Um, even then, you're still you're still going to be giving up picks. The problem with the top four and moving up is that those picks are going to have, um, let's like, say, like, the Jets at number two, pretend Lawrence went to the Jags at two, you're still going to have a lot of competition. Um, the Jets are going to look more yes. at the Falcons and go, oh, well, we only have to fall two picks. But at the same time, the Falcons aren't going to offer as much as, um, I mean, let's pretend like a team like the Lions wanting to go up from seven. Um, that's more of a drop. I mean, there's a lot of teams, you know, this year that need quarterbacks. I could see like teams like uh, at 14 and 15, the Vikings and Patriots, you know, they, they're teams that could need a quarterback. So, yeah. You know, it, it, it just kind of depends on the compensation at that point. But um, to answer your question, I don't see the Falcons moving up unless it's for Lawrence. And at that point, Fontenot is like literally throwing all the pressure on himself because if that busted and let's pretend they had to give up a first round pick next year and who knows what else. Um, that's something that could hold the franchise back, you know, when they're in a position of trying to transition. Ah, uh, not a complete rebuild, but at least a transition to what the future is going to look like.
0: Yeah, and he would—he and the Arthur Smith would 100% be hitching their wagons to that quarterback prospect uh, for sure. Uh, and 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 to be honest, I think any quarterback—if they draft a quarterback in the first round—they're they're hitching their wagons to whoever that is that they draft, because obviously they're they're saying, "Hey, this is the future." Beyond Matt Ryan, now whether it's Trevor Lawrence or Wilson um, or Fields or whoever, uh, you know they will. You know, using a first-round pick in the quarterback is them saying we are hitching our, our wagon to this guy. Uh, come, you know, hell or high water. So, mm-hmm. uh, but to Plus your so point, if you're moving uh, up, if you're moving up to one to take a quarterback,
1: that's pressure also on that quarterback because there's some that, yeah. that doesn't work out. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and honestly, you know, if if you moved up and you grabbed a quarterback, it's gonna be insanely hard not to put him on the field in twenty twenty-one. You can make a case that if you take a guy at number four, um, you know, one of the other uh, two or three options that people consider to be a first round value in a quarterback position, you could make the case for sitting someone like Wilson or Fields or Lance, Trey Lance on the bench for a year behind Matt Ryan. That that is not a difficult case to make, but if you move up to get your guy, um that it's going to be very very hard to to sign off on him sitting uh for a year behind, you know, Matt Ryan. And uh, we've all you know, we we've talked about this on the site. There's no way the Falcons are going to be able to move Matt Ryan. The, the cap is not going to allow it. It's just not a doable move this year. You know, 2022 is going to be the first year they could move on from him. Um, but yeah, if they grab a quarterback uh, and move up for him, it's going to put a ton of pressure on the GM, like you said, uh, a ton of <laughs> pressure on that player. Like, you know, hey, we moved up to get you. You better perform. Um, and also, it's going to put pressure on the organization to put him on the field immediately. That said, you know, I have seen – there have been some mock drafts. And I know you've seen them, Evan, that have had the Falcons moving up to like – you know, one of them had them trading up to three, which was, in my mind, just a – Crazy Mm -hmm. move. But uh, we have seen a couple that have had them trading up to like number two to go grab a a Justin Fields to make sure that they get their quarterback. I I guess in that situation, the thinking is they want to make sure they get the quarterback they like and not run the risk that the Jets or um, the Dolphins trade back and uh, the Falcons watch a team jump in front of them to get that quarterback. Um, so it may not even be, you know in the trade up scenario, I, I think it has to be for a quarterback because at this point, outside of the quarterbacks, I, I don't know that there is a dominant defensive player that warrants like trading up uh, for that top five into the top five. Um, you know, and, and I cannot see a situation where you're trading up to grab someone someone like uh, Panay Sewell uh, for, for your offensive line. Um, like it, it just seems like if you're going to trade up now in this draft class, it's going to be because you want a quarterback. Um, and I, I think you said it perfectly. There are so many teams that want in on that action. Like we're saying, we are seeing some madness right now. Even before we get mm-hmm. to the draft, with you know guys like Carson Wentz being shipped off, uh, you know all of this. It's just it's creating sort of this atmosphere that anything can happen because of the need for a quarterback in this draft class. But, um, and just to add to what you were saying, as far as the, um, the trade value, I'm looking at the trade value chart. One of the ones that's widely used, um, you know, on the internet, it's probably fairly accurate. Uh, The Falcons to move from number four to number one, almost certainly would have to include a future first round pick um, to make that kind of move to the very point you're making, Evan, like, if they move from four to one in order to do that, there's going to be a future first round pick, you know, a 2022 first round pick in there uh, and possibly more because if the Falcons have like a bottom of the first round, it's not, it's still not enough compensation. Um, you know, Jacksonville will probably be looking like uh, for a, a future first, maybe, you know, this year's third and this year's fourth. It, there's a package to move up that mm-hmm. much. And um that, that's a lot of draft compensation for, you know, especially when you're sitting in the top five. Like, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the idea. I've seen some people doing it in their mock drafts, but uh, I, I think that would trigger fans more than anything in the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, overall, like, realistically looking, you know, at the start of March, a lot can change. But you know the Jags want to get a quarterback. They're going to probably take Lawrence as things are headed that way. Um, Jets, they said they haven't. You know they've said all the right things in press conferences and stuff about Sam Darnold. Um, But they, it's not like they've said, "Hey, let's end the rumors. Darnold's our guy." That's it. Like no, they they. You know, there's a lot of mocks that have them taking Zach Wilson. And if we were betting money at the current moment, um, I'd say that's a pretty good uh, chance of happening. The Dolphins are the wild card because, I mean, I've seen that spot in mocks, usually traded, um, usually has them taking a quarterback in some of them um, because there's a lot of rumors with Tua, as we've mentioned on past podcasts. Um, But some taking a wide receiver, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. So the Falcons really only have to worry about the Dolphins if they wanted to just stay it four and take. Um, in this scenario, if you know Lawrence and Wilson go, want to take Fields, they're just hoping the Dolphins stay put and take somebody instead of like trading with Carolina. You know that's the last thing you want to see if the Falcons think Fields okay. is that guy, and then the uh, the Panthers trade up with the Dolphins, one pick ahead of them, take Fields. Now you're playing them for who knows how long. So <laughs> there's a lot of
0: things yeah. that can happen. Absolutely. Um, and it, it's interesting. I think the you know, Jacksonville to me feels like they're pretty cemented in. I, I'd be very surprised if they you know, if they trade away that first pick. Uh, I think they are going to grab Trevor Lawrence, and, and I, I will be shocked if they move out of that number one spot. However, I could very much see the Jets in Miami having their phone lines uh, ringing on draft night and being ready to make a move. So, you know, as it stands right now, um, I, I do think there's the strong possibility that, you know, we could see three straight quarterbacks go off the board uh, with the Jets and Miami, both being, you know, willing to trade and, and to trade down. Um, so on that note, uh, I want to talk about the, you know, the potential for the Falcons to also join um, that, Parade of teams trading out of the top four picks. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.
0: We're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. I'm joined by my partner, Evan Birchfield. We're talking about the option of the Falcons using the number four pick In the upcoming 2021 NFL draft to trade. And we talked in the first half, Evan, about trading up. Now let's talk about what I think is the more realistic scenario here. And that is the the Falcons looking to trade back in the first round. Obviously, you know, we joked about it in the first half. Um, Thomas Dimitrov, I think, was allergic to trading back in the first round. He never did it. I I think that uh, it's one of those things where, he he was almost allergic to first round trades, uh, so he he avoided it. Never happened. Um, but now we actually have heard Terry Fontenot intimate that this is something he could consider, and that nothing is off the board. And y- you get the feeling, especially with the Falcons having you know a little over thirty guys under contract, salary cap issues that, and the fact that they're trying to build for the future that. You know, acquiring additional draft capital in this draft class, which I think a lot of people have said is not necessarily uh, uh, extremely talented at the top, but it has a lot of depth of talent. So you can get a lot of good, uh, you know, good players. You know, you may not be able to get a ton, a ton of Hall of Fame players like you did in the 2011 draft class, but you're going to get a lot of good players over the long term. Um, this may be like the best move for the GM out of the gate is to trade back and acquire uh, a, a tally of picks you know, for that number four spot. So I'll throw it out there to you. Evan, what do you think about the option of trading back? Do you think this is something that Fontenot should seriously consider, uh, even if one of the top quarterbacks is on the board at number four?
1: So it's not the exciting move that the fans will love, especially if they're really, you know, beating the drums for one of these quarterbacks, but Mm -hmm. it's absolutely the smart, safe move because of the value of the picks you'd be getting. Um, It just kind of depends on how, how uh, interested are you in them taking a quarterback? Like if you're kind of, if like Fields you're on the fence about or Wilson, you're on the fence about, and one of them's there, um, you know, you move back, you collect picks. Maybe you end up taking, like, Lance or Mac Jones later on because um, you can still address the quarterback position without using a, a top-four pick. Um, but, I mean, history, I mean, I got to mention this because I, I mentioned it before, but I, it's fascinating that the last time the Falcons traded back in the first round was March 28, 1997. Like, it's been a while. Ooh, wow. um, but if yeah, and that's March 28th, so um, – 328, uh, but oh. the, yeah. Jesus God Almighty. Get that jab in oh. there. I don't want anybody to forget that because we are cursed, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of depends who you want, you know. Um, the foul, there's several, you know, if you look at a lot of the players that are projected to go in that top 15, there's several players you can make a case for, like Micah Parsons. Um, you can make a case for, like, Caleb Farley, uh, the corner out of Virginia Tech. Um, just add to that you know, spot. Panaya Sewell, you could yeah. add to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that, for me, it seems like the best move. Um, on top of that, you know, on top of the draft compensation you're going to get back, just to move down. You know, you don't have to move out of the first round. You can move down, like like I said, to one of these teams, like Minnesota or New England at like 14, 15, who won a quarterback. But also, you know, there's teams like uh, Philadelphia at – um, yep. There's the Lions at 7 I, I don't know if you want to trade With the Panthers but they're at 8 uh, Broncos at 9, Cowboys Who knows if they're going to bring Dak back um, yep. And then San Francisco, San Francisco At, 12, at 12. With, like, 12 Our good buddy yeah. Kyle Shanahan's there So there's several teams that you don't have to move Like to pick 28 Or something um, You're still going to get a solid first round pick Out of it plus you know, A first round they're at least you know, next year or whatever. Um, I would like to see it. I think both these guys, you know, when you look at the history, you know, their resume, Fontenot being with the Saints for nearly 20 years, he's he's seen, you know, what a veteran quarterback can do for a franchise. Like, And then on top of that, Arthur Smith's best success came with Ryan Tannehill, who a lot of people counted out. Um, he's you know going to the Titans was considered like oh my gosh what are they doing and then they benched Marcus Mariota for him and it's like what are you doing and he had a pretty solid year last year so if there was two guys who believe in like a veteran quarterback and still be useful um it'd be them too uh yeah
0: that's a great point
1: the counter argument you may not get it be in a spot like this where you can take a you know one of the top quarterbacks in a draft um But I do see the value more in in trading back and taking, you know, the picks plus still getting a top 15, top 10 first rounder.
0: Yeah. Um, And and to your point, so I want to look at some of these trade back options Uh, against the the trade value chart. So the first team you mentioned, Philadelphia, which obviously I think has to be considered a team that, you know, at least is mulling over the idea of a quarterback um, after getting rid of Carson Wentz. You know, based on the draft value chart, the Falcons could go back just two spots and pick up a third round pick Um, and, you know, still be, you know, in the top, uh, you know, the top 10 uh, at number six and and get another day two pick. Um, If they went back to Detroit, um, you know, at number seven, uh, potentially could get, you know, a, a combination of a third round and maybe a fourth round pick. Uh, so, you know, even better compensation to drop back one additional spot. Um, if they traded with Denver, uh, that's where now you begin to see that compensation drop, you know, start to jump up to like a second rounder to where, you know, the Falcons are now picking up uh, an additional second round pick from Denver uh, to, to drop back, you know, three or four spots to give, you know, Denver a shot at, you know, obviously what we would assume would be a quarterback. Um You get down to like what you're talking about, San Francisco, um, Minnesota, New England. Now you're talking about, you know, the Falcons trading back and picking up, you know, potentially a future first rounder um, and, you know, maybe a collection of picks in day three and four or um, days two and three, I'm sorry, uh, in this draft class. So there's a ton of options. And the thing that makes this even more enticing, Evan, is, you know, what you and I had just talked about. Look at, the number of teams behind the Falcons that desperately need a quarterback. You know, you can argue pretty easily that Matt Ryan, um, has several, you know, good years from a health standpoint, uh, left in Mm -hmm. front of him. Um, and if you look at the teams that really, really need a quarterback, uh, Philadelphia clearly has to be in there. Um, you know, Detroit after, you know, unless they, you think they just really believe in Jared Goff, um, you know, uh, Carolina clearly needs one. Denver, unless you think that Locke is the future there. Um, San Francisco, you know, depending on what you think of Jimmy Garoppolo. Minnesota clearly has indicated that, you know, they don't think that they have their future quarterback yet. New England with the one-year rental of Cam Newton and how poorly that went under Bill Belichick. I mean, that is a, a large you, number of You can keep
1: going too, like Washington, oh, yeah. <laughs> Chicago yeah. at 20. Um, it's yep. <laughs> like it just keeps going. Yes, I mean, the feelers at 24. If you really want to get crazy, yeah, but it, yeah. <laughs> if
0: you're talking about looking past your aging quarterback, like they're, they're basically at the point where they're doing like one year deals with Ben Roethlisberger. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, the thing about that is, you know, we're talking about the, the draft capital at, at number four in a normal situation. Well, if you have a ton of competition where if you're at land at number four. And all of a sudden, Philadelphia rings your phone. And your next phone call is from uh, Detroit. Uh, And then your next phone call is from Carolina, and you hang up. Uh, And then your next phone call is from Denver. And then your next phone call is from San Francisco. And you've got four or five teams that are all calling about that number four pick. Um, This is a situation where... Uh, you, you go back to Philadelphia and say, sorry, guys, you know, that third round pick alone isn't going to cut it. I'm getting an offer from Detroit, who's right behind you, that includes a second rounder. And now you get to play these guys against each other because there is a sense of desperation that they all want a quarterback and you are in that prime spot. Uh, and, and this is where, instead, maybe in, in another draft class, you know, you drop from four to eight, you would pick up a, a second rounder. Well, now, perhaps to sweeten the deal, you drop from four to eight, you're picking up a second rounder, a third rounder, and the future second instead. And now you're building out uh, a, a little bit more depth on your roster. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think this is where having so many desperate, QB desperate teams behind the Falcons could ramp up the potential uh, draft stock that they get in exchange for that pick at number four. Um and you know as you mentioned we just started with the top 15 like if they got really aggressive and you go back you know all the way down to a, a team like Pittsburgh at number 24 you're looking at a ton of compensation now I'm not I'm not I'm not personally advocating for that I think the Falcons should try to stay in the top you know 10 top 15 range um, but you could certainly see a situation where you uh, these other teams may get really, really aggressive and, and start putting some big deals out there. Uh, we have seen it in the past. And this is one of the things I love about the NFL um, draft night could be really, really interesting. Um, any, any final thoughts on trading back? Like, let me ask you this uh, to close out this podcast. Neither of us thinks that the trade up is particularly likely. So I, we'll just put that one to the side, but where trading back is concerned. Like, if you were to put a percentage on it, of you know, as a someone drawing up the odds now, what do you think the odds are that the Falcons will trade back uh, from that number four pick? Well, I think on last on our last show,
1: I said that it was about a sixty five percent chance of them taking a quarterback. So right. the percent chance, I think you said thirty five. I can't remember exactly, but. I, I think for this for trading back in the draft. Um I mean right now I'd say fifty fifty. Like I, I don't really know because unfortunately Fontenot, you know, his position with the Saints, we aren't very familiar with him. We don't know exactly yeah. like what he what his thought is on stuff. Um so like who who knows, you know? Um but I'm gonna say fifty fifty right now. If we start to hear because they're, they're going to absolutely, if they're serious about, you know, potentially moving back, there's going to be conversations. Um, there's going to be rumors, you know, first and foremost. Um, but at this present time, there really hasn't been. Uh, again, this is March 1st, so there's plenty of time for that. Yep. Um, but right now, I mean, it's just kind of up in the air. I think it'll be the best value. But again, we don't know um what their thoughts are on these quarterbacks if they absolutely want one you know they've said all this right stuff about Matt Ryan if they came out and said oh uh you know we' we really need to get like you know look towards the future and stuff like that it makes me a little bit more like oh, okay they might be going quarterback like really early here um but you know they haven't really said that but they uh so everything's kind of up in the air at this point um but yeah I think 5050 at this point just the, uh, I don't know. It, 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 the val- I think the value is going to be so great at that position um, for people trading up uh, that, I mean, cause like you said, you went over them. There's a ton of, ton of teams that need a quarterback. They're going to start having conversations, seeing what the value is there. Um, if I think going down to where the Steelers are is a little too far for me, but yep. I wouldn't mind moving back with like, I mean, Philly, um, Detroit, uh, you know, Minnesota, New England, one of them teams. I mean, I think that's, that's still going to get you a great player and also give them some pieces to work with down the road next year or the next draft. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, what makes it fun this year is we're having these conversations where normally we're like, oh, we're at, you know, 10 or something, and it's like, oh, um, <laughs> I wonder which, you know, it's like it's even hard to predict because, Dimitrov would just take some random person, like, oh, yeah, okay, that, that's weird. We didn't see that coming, but okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I feel like there's a 50 50 shot at this point, which actually, you know, compared to what we had with our previous general manager, makes this a lot more interesting. Uh, I, I do think that Fontenot is thinking seriously about. The potential of adding additional picks uh, in in what looks like a, a pretty you know decent draft class, and it, with where they're at at number four, uh, they could be in the driver's seat. You know, if the Jets in Miami stay in place and uh, only one quarterback comes off the board, you could be sitting there at you know number four with you know Justin Fields or you know Wilson still being available and being the guy for another team, uh, and you know I I think that. This regime, at least I would like to think, we don't know anything for certain, as you said, we simply do not know who Fonteno is at this point. Um, I would like to think that they are thinking about the long term. And, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, to close this out, I want to remind people of is one of the guys that Fonteno said he wants to model himself after, legendary GM Ozzie Newsom, one of the things that Newsom was known for was Taking maximum uh, advantage of the draft, and you know, trading back when when the opportunity arose, and uh, Newsom was not somebody that you know did a lot of trading up. He took advantage of players that were at that position. He was a firm believer in best player available, uh, and he you know he did make moves uh, to to pick up additional draft capital in his time uh, you know as the GM. So yeah, I think he is the wild card here. Terry Font, though. And a ton of options. And, you know, honestly, this is, in my mind, what makes the Falcons really interesting this offseason. Again, for the first time since 2008, when, when Thomas Dimitrov came in, for the first time we have uh, no clue what the future is going to look like. And that, that uncertainty at least provides for a whole host of options to take into consideration. All right, Evan, with that, why don't you remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield and all of our great content at thefalcolic.com. I just want to mention one quick little thing though, when you're doing your mock drafts and stuff like that, and I don't know how much it goes into account, but I think of I'm the GM. What makes me nervous is, you know, just a reminder in late January, the NFL, you know, this being different times than what we're used to the NFL banned those private workouts and um, prospects draft prospects from having, visit the, the facilities and stuff now if you're a first year gm are you wanting to kind of take a you know if you're not all in on a guy are you willing to kind of take that risk on one of these guys who is going to be attached to your job if he fails i mean <laughs> you're you're you could pretty much fail it's happened before so something to think oh, about yeah
0: absolutely uh such a great point evan thank you again uh me guys you can find me on Twitter at Falcoholic DW. updates for this podcast at Falcoholic pod. And as Evan mentioned, our articles daily at the Falcoholic.com stay tuned guys. We have a lot coming up with NFL free agency opening up in March. And of course the NFL draft in April, uh, we are heading into one of the fun times of the NFL season before the dreaded summer drought. Uh, please stay safe out there. Uh, we will talk with you next time. Thanks for tuning in.